If he were a bowl of cereal, he would be heart healthy. Brace yourselves, folks. For the first time ever, the legendary elk hunter, Doug Flutie, has made an appearance on a podcast. There exists a threat. From anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. We're rolling. We're rolling. Welcome, guys, to episode number 23 of the Western Huntsman Podcast. Thanks a bunch for tuning in. Glad you guys are here. I have a hell of an episode for you today with Doug Flutie, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. Before I get into that, I've got a couple of big announcements, and they're really exciting for me, and they're they're really important to this podcast and the future of the podcast. We would like to formally announce the the, the sponsorship and partnership with Phelps Game Calls and Scree. And this is going to be basically, uh, we don't know if it's going to be temporary or permanent, but we got some cool stuff happening with both of these uh, sponsorships for the show. And before I talk about that, I want you guys to know, like I will make you a promise. I'm not going to peddle you a bunch of products that are irrelevant to a hunter. Or, you know, they, they just don't, not something that I believe in. There's a lot of criteria that has to be met to be a a partner and a sponsor of the Western Huntsman podcast. And that's important to me because I know that sometimes advertising can get a little bit irritating on a podcast, right? The necessity and the balance that has to be found out of that is going to is going to be kind of explained to you in 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 this way. First of all, you guys know if, if you've been listening to this show, I'm not like a big-time gear junkie. I mean, hell, I, I've been running the same uh, PSE bow for, for a decade now. And, and I've got, you know, I've got all these fancy rifles. Well, I don't have a bunch, but, I, you know, enough. But you know what I always end up choosing? My 1968 Model 94 Winchester 3030 iron sights. I call it the hell bitch. I call her the hell bitch. And she has been with me on many a deer hunt. And for some reason, I always go back to using this rifle. I, I just, it's like a sentimental thing or something. I don't know. But, uh, and, and that said, I don't have all the, the, the huge, wildly popular gear and replace it every year. And, and I'm just not much of a gear junkie. So you guys know if I'm recommending something, it's because I firmly believe in the product itself. I've used it. I've tested it. It's not something that somebody called me up one day and said, hey, Jim, you want to announce this on your podcast for, for such and such? And I'll be like, yeah, 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 just send it over. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of you. No, I don't do that. This is proven gear, and if, if I'm announcing it to you, it is only because I believe in it, and I feel like if you are in the market for this specific item, that you would benefit from having it as well. Okay? So 
these two companies met the criteria that I set for this show. We've got limited spots available for advertising and sponsorships and, and things of that nature on the Western Huntsman podcast because I, I don't want to bore you guys to death with all that kind of stuff. But uh, these two, they made the cut. Scree Gear, if you're not familiar with Scree, you need to jump on the website and, and I'll put that in the show notes and check it out. If you are in the market for some new high-quality technical hunting apparel, whether you're going, whether you're hunting the West or you're going to Alaska or you're going to the the, the damn Arctic, you know, wherever, uh, you need it. You really should consider some scree gear. Um, and there's going to be a promo code coming out next week for you. But uh, this stuff is, you're not going to need a second mortgage to take to to purchase this gear which is really important to me. Like I don't have $2,000 to drop on technical hunting apparel, right? And I suspect a lot of people in this audience don't either. This is the kind of stuff that you don't want to mistake the price point for the quality point because the quality is there. I've been testing it all spring. I've taken it it's it's taken a real beating this spring in the backcountry, chasing bears and and hunting turkeys and all all these things I've been doing the last several weeks. Uh, it has taken a beating and it still is it, it just it holds up. It's durable. It does its job. It's got concealment. It's a great product. And two really important things about Scree, the the two major points that I think people need to be aware of is this stuff has a lifetime guarantee. It's a legitimate guarantee, and uh, the lifetime warranty, and it's got the VIP sizing guarantee, which is really important because the sizing can be funky with this kind of gear, and they they recognize this. So every time you order something from Scree, it shows up in a box with a return label package. So all you have to do is repack it and send it back, and they'll they'll replace it for you. Great customer service. It's a great company. Phelps, same thing, guys. I mean, everybody knows Phelps, right? And I've been running Phelps for a long time. Their main thing is going to be your elk calls. And I've been using uh, all, all of the Phelps gear for, for such a long time. I mean, I start, I can't remember the name of that first Phelps read I bought, but it was, it was years ago. And uh, it, I actually called in my first elk with it. What I like about the Phelps stuff is like it's great for advanced callers. But it's also really good stuff for a new caller just getting in learning how to call elk. This is the stuff you want to try. They have everything from very entry-level type kind of uh, reeds and, and different thicknesses in the latex and, and different feels. They all feel different in your mouth. And they're all screamers. And so try them out. Figure out which one works best for you. Personally, I really like the Maverick. And that's the Dirk Durham signature read. And I don't say that because, you know, I, I, you know, Dirk and I, I really like Dirk. We're, we're like, we're like homeboys, right? I don't say that because of that. I legitimately really like this read. This Maverick read is, is awesome. So check that one out and check out the, the pink is actually, we, we always like to make fun of the pink read. It's actually a pretty good read. It's a screamer, man. Anyway, they, they also have a full line of, uh, I've been using their call. That's the Blacktail Fawn in Distress for Bear. Um, I've called in. I have not called in a bear yet, but I think that that luck is going to change this weekend because I'll be bear hunting this weekend, and the fawns have been dropping lately. So I, I've got high hopes for the the call. But I've called in a ton of coyotes with that thing on accident. So 
Um, and, and then they've, they're getting into waterfowls or getting into deer calls. They've got just a full line. Check out the website. It's going to be, uh, in the show notes. And for you guys that are in the market for that stuff, use promo code Huntsman 10 and you will get 10% off. So that is pretty cool guys. Again, I really just from the bottom of my heart want to thank the uh, sponsors on the show. It's really important to us, uh, as we move forward in the future of the podcast, these guys, I, I really believe both companies, they were like, they've got these founders, right? And they started with this American, this good old-fashioned American story, right? They had, the, they had this vision to build a company. They had a vision for a product that they felt was missing within the industry. And they both picked themselves up by the bootstraps, put things together, and made it happen. And now they've got these two fantastic companies, two totally different people that probably don't even know each other. But they have very similar stories. That's the, I, I love a good American success story. And that's what these companies are. They were born out of necessity within themselves. They made, they had a vision, they had a dream. And now look at them. They're, they're kicking butt, man. They're just awesome companies. So, so there's that. All right, guys. So moving on, uh, the, I, I wanted to do a quick reminder of our giveaway that we've got going on right now. And one of them is thanks to Phelps Game Calls. If you listen to the School of September series I had with Dirk Durham last week, we released it and uh, you've not listened to it, that's how you're going to figure out or learn uh, how, to, how to get on uh, into this giveaway. So the first, price, the first place prize is a monster calling kit, and that is going to – basically, it's got a, a Renegade bugle tube, three Maverick reeds, one Double D external cow call, and this really slick little cow uh, – a call pouch that you can put all your reeds in, and you can actually connect the cow call to it. So it's pretty slick. The second place prize is going to be a tumbler and a hat, both with the Bugler brand on them, the, the logo, and they're sweet hats. If you haven't seen them, go to my Facebook or the Instagram page, and you'll see a picture of them. They're really sweet. In fact, I actually wanted this tumbler so bad that I just went ahead and jumped on the buglerbrand.com and bought my own because uh, I don't want to give this one away. So that's where we're at with that. Um, by the way, you have to listen to the episode and enter right. I'm getting these random emails of people are like, yeah, hey, I want to I wanna be in the giveaway. Uh, that's not how it works. You send an email to the right place, but you didn't do the entry. Uh, you need to listen to that episode, the Dirk Durham School of September series episode, uh, to know how to get entered into that giveaway because that's going to take place. You have until Friday the 29th coming up. That's like four or five days away uh, from when I'm recording this. And then um, we're going to cut it off. Now, again, I'll be out of town. I'm, I'm going on a bear hunt, so I'll be out of service, and I won't see any of that until Monday. And I'm going to announce the winner in next week's episode. So don't miss it. Check it out. Jim at thewesternhuntsman.com. And uh, that's where you're going to send your, your entry into. So this today's interview. Guys, I tracked down a real, true elk hunting legend for you, for your listening enjoyment. The man's name, you may have heard it before, Doug Flutie. The Doug damn Flutie. He even signed the wall here in the Broken Time studio. I had him on the show. I'm pretty sure it's his first podcast. Pretty proud of that. First person to get Doug damn Flutie on his podcast. Now, disclaimer, guys, this is a tongue-in-cheek episode, okay? Meaning, don't take the advice that you hear in it from both your humble host, myself, and Doug Damn Flutie. Don't take the advice literal. This is a tongue-in-cheek cheek episode. 
if you don't appreciate sarcasm and you don't have a sense of humor and you don't feel like laughing today and you want to take this serious and 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 like send me a bunch of nasty emails this is probably not going to be the episode for you like i told you i hope you had your wheaties cuz this is a really funny episode and we have a lot of fun let's give it up for Doug Flutie he is the elk calling what Al Gore is to the internet, and I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Oh, and by the way, if you know who is maybe and possibly the real Doug Flutie, shoot me an email and uh, send send that to me. I might have a giveaway for that, too. Enjoy it, guys. Here we go. Guys, I told you I was going to come on with Doug Flutie, the the real Doug Flutie. I've found the actual of all the conversations going on uh, between podcasts and YouTube videos, everybody talking about Doug Flutie. I tracked him down, and you guys are in for a treat. How you doing, Doug? Hey, y'all. Doug Flutie here. All right. Doug Damn Flutie. Doug Damn Flutie. I even had yes, him sir. sign the wall in the urinal. I did. Here at the Broken Times. It was hard to do left-handed because, you know, the other hand was busy. But, uh, yeah, I got her done. Yeah, You did get her done, man. I like it. Doug, where in the hell did you learn to call, first of all? Well, um, it's kind of a long story, if uh, if you will. Um, Indulge me. Well, Grandpappy, he had this piece of uh, coiled-up copper tube that he called his elk flute. And the harder you blew, the higher pitched it got. And I'll tell you what, I'm here to tell you, that old man could call some bulls, okay? Um, and so I learned on that, on the little uh, elk flute, if you will. The elk flute? Yeah, yeah. Is that where the name Flutie came from, or? It is, it is. That, and it's my last name, too. Okay, okay. My good. real last name. That's I your mean, real last yeah, name. Well, I, had my, I changed my name to that. Do you actually have a birth certificate? I do. Because I was under the impression that Doug Flutie was like just kind of roadkill that survived. So you actually have a mom and everything. I do, yeah. Okay, yeah. good Bl- deal. Well, she, well, I did, bless her heart. She's <laughs> she's no longer with us, God rest her soul. Doug Flutie. So Doug Flutie, I'm excited to have you on. I want to get some uh, really good advice from you for our for some of our new elk hunters and some of our, even our experienced elk hunters out there that want to kind of dial in their season. This season's about four months away, and I think you got a lot of good information for people. Look, Chachi, there's a lot of guys out there giving all sorts of information, and I'm here to tell you, I'll tell you right now, not of it's all legit, most of it's garbage. <laughs> so you, you fire away. I got all the questions, all your answers. Okay. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I got all the answers now, to all your questions, son. Now listen, Doug. I'm trying to keep a straight. Sorry, face. I drank. I drank my lunch. All right. <laughs> uh, you and me both. Uh, here's a question for you. Here's a question for, you. and this is a serious question. When you're leaving an empty can of sardines in natural light on the mountain for other hunters to find ten years later, do you prefer leaving them on the north face or the south face slope? I like it on the south face. Uh, look, um, what the deal is, is you put that thing on the north face, it's going to mold and it's going to get all mossy. Oh, good point. But I can leave a little message in the bottom of the, the can. I can say Doug Flutie was here and I leave that for, you know, future generations to see, you know, what us old school hunters ate to fuel our natural bodies in the wilderness. (laughs) 
That's good. That I wouldn't have ever thought about the mold in the sardine can. Yeah, you don't that's want a great point. Mold. Yeah, you don't want mold. No, especially it's it kind of sucks. It it, it kind of sealed the the hunter over ten yeah. years later when they find that we don't it, want moldy. No. They what? might try to eat. It, they might try to eat it, yeah. especially if you – do you ever leave any sardines in the sardine can? No, sir. No, nah. sir. I will oh. not leave a sardine behind. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, good. Uh, road hunting. Putting the truck in park and jumping out or having the shooter ride in the bed and fling an arrow while still moving. What is your recommendation? Listen, there's only one way and one way only to road hunt. Well, maybe two. And it involves one guy driving, drinking his favorite Chardonnay. And mm. the other friend in the back with his bow, arrow locked and loaded, ready to go anytime. You never know. A bull might jump out at any second. Okay? Yep. Now, another way you might do it is put the hunter in front of the truck and follow along very slowly behind him. Because you never know. He may need headlights. It may be dark. I'm not going to say we're stretching the laws here or nothing. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's pretty nice to have a little headlight and some light on the subject, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'll tell you a little story. A few years ago, we were in Idaho hunting. Mm-hmm. And my good friend Jed was walking up the road in front of us. It was hadn't broke day quite yet. And these old Idaho boys, these locals come pulling up behind us, and they were they were being rude. They were falling right behind, tailgating, if you will. Just plum rude. And finally, I had to sit, I had to jump out and said, Look, Cochise, we're trying to hunt here. Back off. <laughs> and you know what happened? What? Well, well, we, they came to a split in the road, and we, we parted ways. Well, we mm-hmm. made a nice hunt. You know, we, we putted around the National Forest there doing a little bit of, little bit of road hunting. On our way back out... There was a gate that was open previously. Them sons of bitches, they took that gate. It's one of them guardrail gates. Ah, it's yeah. It's got them big bolts. So they put the the rail back on the two posts, put the nuts and bolts through it, mm-hmm. and they took a big rock and they bent. They bent the bolts down. <laughs> they they bent it. Yeah. And when you got a '78 two wheel drive Chevy Suburban. You ain't getting around no tape traps. No, no, not at all. I didn't have, you know what I had to do? What? I had to use, <laughs> it's a good thing I'm prepared. I have a, a thing called a Leatherman tool. I used a ah, little yeah. saw on that, and I had, to, I had to saw through that creosote post to get out of there. It took us about a day and a half. <laughs> Holy cow, that is quite a story, yeah, Doug. It ain't no laughing matter. No, that is not a laughing matter. No. You, you could have been stranded up there for days. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the worst part was we ran out of beer. Oh yeah, you know, by yeah. 9 a.m. that morning, so we were thirsty still. Are you guys? You guys are natural light kind of beer drinkers, or what? What do you recommend? Well, uh, my favorite uh, is Hams. It's the beer mm, refreshing. That, um, you know, that's that's actually a really great point. I'm glad you said that because I can I can stock up on that stuff too. Yeah. What about uh, for for like serious elk hunters, right? Mm-hmm. The guys that really want to get after it. What is the best cigarette that you recommend? On the mountain. Marble Red. No, Marble Red. No doubt about it. I mean, if you want to be a real man and you want to hack the mountains and look cool while you're doing it, Marlboro Red. Hard pack. Hard now, pack. There's a lot of these young fellers out there, and I don't know, they're wearing their skinny jeans, and they're puffing on these e-ciggies, or uh, I believe they call it va- mm-hmm. vaping. Yeah. Vaping. And yeah, I'm sorry, son. You're never going to be a man smoking on one of them there vape sticks. I agree. All right. So Marlboro Reds in a box. Do the elk smell that? No, it's a good wind checker. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I kind of figured. It's a wind checker and a cover scent because, mm. listen, 
All these, all, I'm, I'm here to tell you, all these so-called experts will say, be downwind of the elk. Stay downwind of the elk when you're calling them in. Listen, mm. how, if you're going to use cigarettes as a cover scent, being downwind does you no good. You have to go upwind and you use your cigarette as a cover scent. Fire's been around since the dawn of time, all right? Mm-hmm. The elk yeah, have, true. Elk have made friends with fire a millennium ago. That's mm. a that's a real word, millennium. Look and, it up. And it's a long time. In a long time. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, they smell smoke and they're like, it's okay. A little bit of a forest fire over here. I'm not concerned. Oh, whack. Oh, what's that? Dang. <laughs> Too late. Nailed it. I love it, man. That's great advice. What, what kind of shot placement do you recommend? Um, if it's brown, it's down. I'm taking any shot I can. Listen, it's a game of opportunity. All these guys in their broadside shots, all preaching and looking down their nose at it. You know, I'll tell you what, the most deadly elk hunting shot you can make is called a Texas heart shot, right up the old yin yang. Oh, yeah. It takes out all the plumbing. They die within seconds. Look it up. Okay. It, it, it ain't a person. What did you call it again? It's a Texas heart shot. Texas you, heart you shot. Shoot, you basically shoot them in the bone. Guys, I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, can you go ahead and give us a call on, on your. Uh, what, what call do you have there? Do you have a recommendation that well, hunters should use? You know, it's gotten. You know, there's been so many uh, laws now and all these environmental situations with the, the copper tubing and saying it causes cancer and, and you know, weird, mm-hmm. weird things. Uh, it's really hard to get good, high quality copper tubing or better yet galvanized tubing so i've got me a little uh secret well i don't know how much of a secret i mean it's probably the best selling elk call of all time but it is called the terminator the terminator and i'll tell you what you stack up a big bowl with one of these and he knows he's been terminated excellent all right excellent let's hear it yeah you're pretty good on that thing doug well, I've been doing it for a while. <laughs> I bought this thing last week. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. I, I've spent a lifetime mastering the art of out calling with a flute. With a flute. Okay, yeah. good. Do you, yeah. Now, do you have a promo code for either a flute or a Terminator or Primo's Hoochie Mama? They I, Listen, I like their calls, but I don't like them. Okay. All right? I've okay. gone for them for years trying to get celebrity endorsements, and they said, we never heard of you, Doug. Oh, we, really? Yeah, we never heard, heard of you. We've all heard of Doug Flutie. Well, they they heard about it. Well, they uh, talk a lot of smack about your old friend Doug. Oh, that's you know, everybody's that's down too on bad. Him. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I get a lot of neg- negative publicity. Yeah. And I don't know why. I guess they hate you because they hate you because they ain't you. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to talk about that negative publicity you get because I hear it a lot too. And I it, can I get your reaction on some that I've I've got. Sure. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll, yeah. You know, I'd love to vent a little bit. Yeah. Let's let's vent. So I've got a couple of things that is just it's been bothering me because I knew you were coming on the show and um, you know, take it with a grain of salt and understand that you know these people don't know you personally. But I do want to get your reaction since we got you on the show. Okay. I've always been a firm believer if somebody was to spend a little bit of time with your dear Doug Flutie. We'd be best friends within minutes. I, 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 I get that feeling just sitting with you here in the Broken Time studio. So I, I'm, I'm really excited to get your feedback on this and All right. get your reaction All right. here. Let, let, let's hear it. We'll let this one roll. I recorded this with my wife last year up on the mountain hunting elk. Here's what she had to say about Doug Flutie. That sounded like Doug Flutie. Where do you think he is? On the next ridge sitting down to pee. And then Randy Newberg was caught saying this awful thing. 
It doesn't matter if I'm on a mountain or a Dairy Queen. I've been dealing with Doug Flutie since Moby Dick was a minnow. This next one tears at my heartstrings, too. Have you seen Doug Flutie hunt? Doug Flutie sucks at hunting. Brutal. Then there's this. Mr. President, what's your take on Doug Flutie? Such a nasty one. Can you expand? Look, he's a showboat. He's a grandstander. The FBI has been in turmoil. You know that. Okay, thank you. Let's just keep it going. What do you think of Doug Flutie? My grandma calls Oak better than Doug Flutie. Oh. I mean, even Dirk Durham, who's normally a super nice guy, had this to say about you. Good morning from public land America. Um, we've got uh, a little bugling match going on with Doug Flutie this morning. What, I mean, I know that's hard to listen to, Doug. Uh, what? Uh, give, us, give us your reaction on some of that. Well, my first reaction is, you know what? I'm a man. I am just a man, and I got a heart, and it hurts a little bit. You know, it hurts down deep inside. Yeah. But number two, I got, I'm a little pissed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't think all these so-called experts you interviewed yeah. really know a darn thing about calling out. I can't I believe mean, my wife had negative things to say. I mean, that's just, I'm going to have a talk with her later. Well, I didn't say anything about her tater tot casserole either, but, uh, I, exactly. you know, but yeah. I'm a gentleman and a scholar. Uh, yeah. and I've I, read a book or two. They were small. It might have been my, you know, how to change oil in a Chevrolet. Okay, so, like, those those were bad enough. Was that my dog? My dog's barking. Sorry, Doug. I'll, What's he uh, doing I'll, to my tire out there? I don't know. He might be chewing on your tire out there. I think he's not very vocal, usually. Anyway, he must have heard the bugling going on. Yeah, could have. All right, so those, those were pretty obnoxious. Uh, the worst one yet has been the song that came out that was made the top ten on the Billboard charts. I think it got a Golden Globe trophy or something like that as well. Hmm. Uh, Let's play that and see what you think about that. About 10 a.m., he rolls out of bed, thumps his chest and says, That elk is dead. He's Doug Flutie. That's right, it's Doug Flutie. He bugles from his truck with his window down and dreams of Wapiti singing back. That sound is Doug Flutie. That's right, it's Doug Flutie. The great hunter Doug Flutie. Big bad Doug Flutie. He bought a new call just the other day. Hasn't made a sound with it until today, but he's Doug Flutie. That's right, it's Doug Flutie. After a hundred-yard walk, he heads back home, cursing the bowl that he says got blown. Damn the wind, he'll say to his friends, as he posts an epic picture to his wall again, Doug Flutie. That's right, it's Doug Flutie. The nifty Doug Flutie. The Doug Flutie, Pootie Flutie. Doug Flutie. Okay, so obviously they don't know you personally, but what do you say to that? Well, I tell you, that guy, he had some good... Good points there. I, I kind of like the star, the, that song, except at the end he said Tutti Fruity. Yeah, and yeah, that's le- rude. Listen, Chachi, I don't swing that way whatsoever, so uh, just go ahead and you can run and tell that. I'll, I'll let him know. I know him. I might get him on the show. Yeah, well, uh, I, I wish, you would. I wish you'd have got him here right face to face. I bet he wouldn't have been quite so Tutti Fruity right here. You know, the I, words... I'd have kicked his sassafras all up and down <laughs> this Broken Tan studio. Uh <laughs> All the, the the stuff that he set aside. What uh, what did you think of that cow call he was doing in there though? A little chir- little, little chirpy. Was it a little chirpy? Yeah, it needs to be whiny. 
Yeah. 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 It has to be yearning. Yeah. Like yeah, that, I agree. Like, hey, hey, old son, come over here. You remember me from last year, don't you? Come and get some. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, yeah. I want to talk about that. I think a lot of people, when when you're using the hoochie mama, what would be the best pressure on the ball to really seduce a fired up bull? Well, you have to have two of them. Um, mm. You ever seen them old westerns where the old boy has one pistol, one six shooter, uh-huh. and he goes to draw and it's like snap, I'm out of bullets. Oh yeah. You gotta have two. Then you sound like dueling, dueling cows who are quite amorous, looking for a good time. And I don't, I don't know any bullet can can turn down two ladies. You know what no. I'm saying? No, definitely, I definitely. Mean, whether you're up here and uh, what's that little that little bar up here by the the flashing red light here by uh. Uh, what is that little town? Where you Athel? Up in Athel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, little, that little watering hole down there. Yeah. I mean, I mean it. You That's might a two hoochie mama t- type you, kind of situation. You, you, might, you might run into a situation in there like that. <laughs> so hard and fast on the hoochie ball or slow and sensuous? Um, you, it, it's a process, really. You, you start out slow, and then you start rapid fire. <laughs> I mean, but... But I like to kind of give them a, a real long, seductive one in the beginning with with my elk flute. Let me hear it. Hmm. That's really good, Doug. It sounds really good. I mean, I don't think there's too many people out there that can make that, re- reproduce that sound. I don't think so either. I've kind of patented it, really. I tried to get primos to pay me for it, but I don't know. Something about that cease and desist letter they sent me, um, I guess they don't want it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so let's talk about let's talk a little elk elk strategy. All right. All right. Okay, so when an elk is uh almost in range, but he's like behind some brush, you know how they sometimes get a little hung up behind some brush or or you just need him to take a few more steps. Do you give him the resting bitch face or just pretend you're not there? Listen, I'll I'll tell you I'll give you one one better. Okay. All right. Both of those, I mean those are amateur moves, really. Even the uh, resting bitch face. Oh yeah, I mean. Oh you're, really? You're, yeah. Interesting. Uh, listen, listen. Larry Bird didn't win consecutive NBA Most Valuable Player by just making swish. True swishes. that. Yeah. I mean, he did a lot of bank shots, and that's what I would do. I would just bank it off of a tree branch, or maybe even off the side of a tree. Bank it in. It'll go mm. right in. You can hit the vitals. I mean, you'll get some blood on the ground. And listen, I'm gonna just be frank with you. If you don't, if you're not tracking blood, you ain't hunting. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So bank shot that bad boy right off a tree. Oh, yeah. A rock, a rock. tree, hmm. tree limb. Uh, I mean, if you can hear them in behind the brush, it's okay, too. I mean, just take that shot. It may be the only shot you get. It might be. Yeah, that's true. And, like, um, it might make it through without deflecting, if you think about it. Through wow. some, I mean, especially in, up, up here in the Idaho area. No, I so. hope it deflects. Deflects right into his juggler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good point. Um, can you, can you give us, uh, like, a, I want to talk a little bit more on gear stuff like what, like why is fruit of loom such an exceptional underwear for elk hunting? Well, I like them here. Well, I can't speak for every sportsman out there, but here's why I like them. Mm-hmm. You put them on, they're nice and comforting and, and, and supportive. But as the day goes by, as them babies stretch out and you might as well be wearing a dress by the end of the day, but big Jim and the twins, I let them air out. So you don't want any, you don't want to get any, you know, condensation or too hot up in there. I mean, that's that's no fun for anybody. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Can you talk to us about thermals? Uh, I, I mean, you and I know that they really don't matter. 
Do you find it easier in your 100-yard hike from the mountain or on the mountain? Heading, do you park like on top and head down first thing in the morning? Or what, how do you go about the whole wind discussion, thermals? Well, I don't really pay too much attention to the wind um, while I'm in the sea of the truck. You know, I just keep, if the wind's blowing really hard, I turn the thermal up, but all right, I'll turn the heater up and get it warm in there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you bugle from the sea of the truck, I don't waste a bunch of time hiking ridge top to ridge top. Listen, it's only natural to catch an elk in the road and spook them off. Mm-hmm. If they hear a truck coming and you might spook them away, it's okay. You just bugle right out the window. Wait a little bit, bugle out the window, maybe give them one of those seductive cow calls like I demonstrated earlier. Oh, yeah. Can you give us another one? Mm, that, that And that works pretty good, huh? Like that's uh, I could see that uh, a bull would hear that and just wouldn't be able to control himself. He'd come in. Oh, he'd be coming in belly slapping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he would, he'd be belly slapping all the way up there. Oh, making man. that funny that's noise they make. Mm-hmm. You know, well, yeah. that... that I can't even make it with my. Let me see if I can make it with my. Yeah, boot. try it. Oh, clunking. Yeah, he's doing well, a little clunking. Yeah, clunkin'. that's that's yeah. well, that's with his, uh, you know, the business end of that uh, bull elk mm-hmm. slapping on his belly. That's what makes that noise. Yeah, yeah. Look it up. It's science. What kind of what's like your when, when you get an elk down? What's the process from there? Do you quarter it out, or you just kind of roll it on into the truck and? Obviously, if you don't drive a Dodge, you can do that. But well, I got yeah. Well, I do not drive a Dodge. I mean, this is America. I mean, I don't wear skinny jeans. And I don't like to push my truck home. No, I, I you know what gender you are. Well, there's only two genders. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so when you get an elk down, yeah. you just roll it on in there. Well, no. What I do, I got eighty-seven thousand feet of cord of cable. Ah. And I just hook on it with my truck. I run the cable over the hill, hook it on the elk. I got a little pulley system up there. Hook it onto the bumper, and I just drag it. Hmm. I just drag that bull rough, right up out of the hole. Sometimes you get in a bind. You just got to put it in low range, give it some gas. You just pull that bull right up to the road. Then you got to get a come along. You just come along that joker right in the back of the truck. Boom, done. Don't worry about skinning. Don't worry about the gutless method. I mean, you roll them guts out, cut out the heart and liver, you know, the oysters for later. And uh, it's all in a day's work. I mean... Do you have like a tradition when you get an elk down uh, that you do, you know, cut the cut the the tenderloins out and, and cook them right th- right up on a rock right there? Or what, what's kind of your go-to? I'm kind of ashamed to say it, but um, I might um, cut the oysters out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, straight face it. <laughs> cut the oysters out, you know, mm-hmm. put those in my pocket because you know you don't want to lose those things on the hill, you know. Um, but yeah. you, you have to live, leave that pecker on there, you know, business end of the bull elk. Sure. Because uh, that's evidence of sex. The first few years of my life, um, I was a little embarrassed when the game warden checked me because they had some, I didn't know what evidence of sex was. But ah. I had all these pictures and whatnot, and it was not what they were looking for. Oh, if you know what I mean. God, I know what you mean. You know, That'd be an embarrassing, yeah. a damned embarrassing yeah. situation. He wrote me a different kind of ticket. For oh, that. gotcha. Dang, yeah, that's I'm still I'm, paying for it. Ooh, I man. can't go near elementary school or oh, or a post office. Good. Did you get a payday loan to pay that? I did. I okay. Did. I had to I had to hawk my truck as a '73 Toyota. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, four Dang. by four. Yeah. Dang, that's I hate hearing that. I hate yeah. Speaking of trucks, like when you if you just wound an elk, let's say you got your hunter in the back seat and whoever's driving with uh, drinking beer. Um, if you just wound an elk, do you just finish them off by running them over? 
Uh, well, I usually pull out a, r- a rifle. There's a there's a law, a written law of code of ethics. If you wound a bull elk with a bow and arrow, uh-huh. you and you know if he just doesn't drop on sight, you pull out your rifle and you shoot him. Okay. It's legal in is 50 it, states. Oh, it's, it is legal. Look it up. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it makes it, it's a lot nicer for the track. It's more humane, if you will. Yeah, that is that is a lot more humane. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm I'm smelling what you're stepping in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but if you miss, if you miss, that guy that missed, he don't get no more beer. He's done. He's done. He, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, losers. I wouldn't want to be get, that guy. Losers don't get beer. We just want I winners. I agree. And winners drink all the beer. Let me tell you what. What makes a winner in your mind? Well. A man who's not scared to blow a flute right in the face of his opponent, whether that be some snooty flutey elk hunting jerk from the city blowing them big flaps his gums game calls tubes, mm-hmm. or or a bull elk. I mean, I, I, you just got to be loud and proud all the time. Yeah, and, I, and that's a that's a winner in my book. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's that's great. That's great advice. I wish more people would listen to you know advice like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What else? What else do you have um, in terms of strategy for? Let's say, let's say we got somebody who's never been elk hunting. What do you tell that guy? He wants to go out this year or gal. Best thing you do: go to a yard sale, pick yourself up a bow, go to pawn shops, pick up your arrows. It don't matter if you got matching broadheads. It don't matter if you're you if you even have anything to carry them in. Just carry them in your hand. Mm-hmm. All these fancy quivers and stuff. These these highfalutin guys, these fancy pants guys got. No, man, you just you go out there with whatever errors you got and don't waste your time shooting them at targets. That just dulls the tips. You know, you want to go out there, first shot, cut on contact. I mean, some of them, I mean, sometimes you even get those expandable ones. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty good, too, especially, you know, maybe not for that uh, Texas heart shot as much, but maybe if you get one right in the guts, that's a great great tip for the yeah, really it'll chew them up. up. Yeah, open them up like a can of tuna fish. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, <laughs> clearly I'm gonna have to edit some. <laughs> okay, what? Um, let's go back to the gear topic, Doug. Um, yeah. I, I like I like getting everybody's recommendation advice on like uh, a good pack for for packing meat mm-hmm. or or packing into the into the mountain and and uh, getting back after you know if you if you get, if you get sick of road hunting sometimes you gotta get out of that truck what do you recommend that's just crazy talk what uh, do you let, mean let me, expand let, on it let me let me let me shoot it to you straight okay 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 if you're packing elk meat on your back you're doing it wrong you gotta load them whole or at least cut them in half that that's the only way to do it these guys boneless and and gutless and all this, breaking them down and then carrying them on their back, that's for suckers. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. How, tell me this. How are you supposed to get too far from the cooler doing that kind of nonsense, getting away from the roads and getting away from your truck? Right, and you then can. you run the, run the risk of dehydration. The dehydration. Mm-hmm. If, you drink enough, if you drink enough hams in a day, you'll never... You'll never dehydrate. Have you seen your pee? It's, <laughs> yeah. cl- it's crystal clear. It's like a filtration device. I bet you could probably pour that right back in the can and drink it again. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Warm filtered. It's warm filtered. So but you cool it off. Yeah. 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 So yeah. when you say cut an elk in half, are you talking like in half uh, down the length of the back or like in half uh, front versus back? Yeah, front versus back. Third, okay. Third rib back. I believe it was the... Uh, you uh, cut a they, third rib back. Yeah. They call it uh, American uh, uh, Native American style. I okay, believe, I believe. Because I always thought that if you cut it that way, the the front would be too heavy if he's got antlers. But I guess you you don't see a problem with that. 
No, I don't care nothing about antlers. I mean, whether it's legal or not, I mean, I mean, that's how do you know it didn't have antlers? Maybe they fell off after yeah. I shot him. I yeah, mean, that's true. Prove it. Prove <laughs> me wrong. I mean, I'd like to see him do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, uh, like when 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 we're talking when we're still on this gear gear topic, um, Nike or Air Jordans or like kind of what 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 do you recommend? Yeah, I like the Air Jordans. Do you? Right? Those Air yeah. Jordans are yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I'm not gonna run those Lebrons. He's the lame. The lame yeah. is right. <laughs> I, I'm glad we see eye to eye. I knew we'd I knew we'd get yeah. along. I'm old school, classic, yeah. classic, yeah. if you will. Yeah, classic. I mean, MJ. Mm-hmm. He's helped me up the mountain more than once, once or twice. I yeah. Mean, he keeps my foot on the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. Never the brakes, and uh, we just go. We get them. Here's a question I don't I don't ask a lot of people because I feel like I don't get good answers with this. But when you are road hunting, right? Going down the road, what kind of music are you playing? Who would be your go-to? Like, are we talking Leonard Skinner, or are we talking Metallica, or are we talking Hank Williams Sr.? Well, there's there's a mix. I have a mixtape. Do you? I play. It's eight it's eight track. I mean, uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, Leonard Skinner, one of them. Um, I like the late great Jim Croce too. Time, mm. of, the, time of the bottle is pretty hard to beat. When yeah. You, when Operator. You've had, when you've had too many dang Chardonnays on the mountain, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. And then, uh, and then sometimes I like a little, uh, uh, a little uh, Freddie Fender, if you will. Ah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of the kind of sounds of the south of the border. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah. betcha. And then there's mm. the then there's uh, Roger Whittaker too. Mm-hmm. That man can whistle like nobody's business. <laughs> He's a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. No, that's that's fantastic advice too, and and that's that's exactly the kind of motivation people need. Kind of as we're we're kind of rolling out of the gear talk. What about camp setup? What does that look like to Doug Flutie? Well, usually um, I just drink till I pass out, and then I sleep in the front of the truck. But mm-hmm. if I was to have, because I can be mobile that way, if I was to have a a base camp, um, I got you know a real nice. 10, I got the Walmart uh, I bought when they first opened up. Like a good Coleman. Yeah. 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 Back in the 80s. I believe it's an Ozark Trail, they call it. Mm, yeah. And, uh, it's Great a little, stuff. It's a little moldy. Um, the, the material kind of sticks together. you got to pull it apart like one of them fancy magazines back in the day when you were a teenage boy. How the hell did that happen? Yeah, I don't know. Kind of like your socks. Ah. But anyway, the material on that tent will stick together. Mm-hmm. you got to kind of pry it apart. And then, well, you got to let it air out a little bit. And, and if for some reason you'd have to go back to camp, then then that's a pretty good shelter. Gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Okay, all right. So you just you just camp right out in the truck, man. Yeah. yeah With Coleman good. sleeping bag. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Now, you guys, do you have any kind of nutritional advice for an elk hunter? Like, I I'm always partial to beef top ramen. Oh. And pop tarts. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, yeah. Those are good. What is your take? Um, what about grits? Yeah, grits. Uh, you know, they're overrated. You know, that's a that's a food of the South, Southern comfort food. But I just never felt comfortable eating it. Just kind of yeah. gritty to me. But, uh, you know, I prefer, like, you know, sardines mm-hmm. uh, with or without mustard on them. Yeah, we talked uh, about that. Um, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I like a little tapatio on the sardine. Ooh. Okay. I have the body of an athlete, and you have to fuel it. So, you know, you got your complex fats. And you got your proteins. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like those raspberry filled Hostess powdered donuts too. I mean that's oh, where yeah. you get your carbohydrates and sugars from. And you can't race up the mountain. I mean the cut bank of the road 
without fueling your body. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's my go-to. No, I agree. I mean, people, I think uh, they that's something that is a big hang-up for a lot of hunters is being able to fuel their body properly on the mountain. Uh, do you, like, when it comes down to um, between, like, a, a Gatorade versus the hams, and you're thirsty, what are you going for? Hams every hams, time. Hams, hand, hand down. Okay, every you're pretty time. passionate about it. There, there's a pork chop in every can. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, an angel pissing on your tongue. Drinking yeah. Hands. Yeah. Let me tell you what. I guess I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I didn't even think about it that way. It's like an angel pissing on your tongue. Now that's. <laughs> now sometimes I will mix it up and I'll put some fruits and vegetables. Well, mostly vegetables, and I'll put a spicy V8 in there. It's a little bit caliente. Mm. Caliente. Mm. You know, I use that word for my friend south of the border, um, but mm-hmm. it's mucho caliente with that uh, hams. And uh, that well, that's a good that's a good pick me up. Pretty good know? combination, yeah, you huh? Can, if the guy's feeling a little puny from the night before, you know, ain't bad. Oh wow, ain't bad. okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if for some reason you were to bring a bottle of vodka, you can have yourself a Bloody Mary. I like I like your thinking, Doug. Oh yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And now 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 let me something that's overlooked about the elk flute, and and I'm here to tell you, not a lot of people talk about this. Maybe they don't know about it. But this baby doubles as a beer bomb. Oh, I was wondering if yeah. you were going to bring that yeah. up. I mean, you, yeah. you you get tired. You don't want to drive all the way back to camp. Mm-hmm. Or if you are a camp, it don't matter. At the end of the day, you've had a great day, you know, blowing your flute all over the mountains, you know, pissing off all these other public, so-called public land elk hunters. Hey, I don't care if there's a sign. I'll go behind an orange orange paint or a, a paint or a sign that says no trespassing. I mean, who are they? Yeah, Who I mean it's God's land. Uh, it's right. God didn't make a fence. Yeah. He put he put that land out there for each and every one of us. And I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, that beer bong will come through so good. I mean, you load that baby up mm-hmm. with a couple of ice cold hams, maybe a little V8, maybe not, maybe a shot of whiskey, and you just beer bong that thing at camp. Boom, you'll sleep like a baby. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, I'm gonna try that this year. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah, you should try it. I'm going to. Don't don't put it past me because I'll do it. Yeah. So you, you were talking earlier, and, and I want to kind of get your take on the difference between when if you're going after a cow elk versus like a big bull. What do you prefer? Do I prefer a big bull or a cow? Yeah. I prefer whatever I can get an arrow into. Listen, okay. I, I'm not out there being picky. I ain't some sort of trophy hunter. Listen, whatever... Whatever follows my flute, my magical flute in, it's you know, it's just like Peter Pan. You blow on the flute, here they come running. Mm. What do you say to these guys that are up there and they hear you down there bugling off the road and and they they kind of make this the the term Doug Flutie like this negative connotation, right? And and it's it's I I I, I mean, I was, uh, totally ignorant, obviously. What do you say to that guy? Yeah, well, they're just mad. Mm-hmm. I, I, they're just mad. I don't say nothing because you know what. They're mad because they walked their happy asses clear to the bottom of that valley, blowing on that big flaps his gums bugle tube. And I'm up there in the truck, blowing on my elk flute. Nope, didn't hear a bull here. Just heard that guy banging his tube around the woods. I'm up here singing the song of September. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, I like that. (laughs) They hate me because they ain't me. All right, Doug, we're going to kind of start wrapping this up. I want to get your, um, you know, get some of your last little tidbit of advice for, for elk hunters and, and let them, you know, what do they need to be prepared for coming into this next season? Uh, do you feel like it's going to be a good season? I think it's going to be a great season. 
Um, I had this here coronavirus, they call it. You know, I never have liked that Hispanic beer whatsoever. I yeah, mean, me neither. I'm, I like this stuff, you know, made in America. Um, you know, it's it's a lot smoother going down. You know, you can't mm-hmm. beat a good hams. But but anyway, with this whole coronavirus, I think there'll probably be a lot of people just not wanting to go in the woods. They're scared. They mm-hmm. don't want to. They don't want to catch something from a bull elk. Um, you know, and me, I, I, I want I want him to catch something from me. It's a broad head through the ribs or the butt or the neck or mm-hmm. anywhere. I don't care where I get him. Right in the eye. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything uh, like parting thoughts for any anybody that has has kind of portrayed you as a, in like this negative light before we wrap this up? Well, I just want to say um, you might not want to start uh, writing checks with your mouth that your body can't cash because I will catch you one of these days. It might be you know at the trailhead unloading your fancy packs with your your trekking poles and all your your fancy equipment, but I will find you and I will catch you and I'll give you a piece of my mind, if not the business into my fist. I like that. So that so just be advised, folks. Yeah, be you might, advised. You might be spitting by cuspids on the trail. Ooh. Let me tell you what. Yeah. Yeah, that's serious. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, hope I, you got a good dentist. <laughs> and I appreciate you coming on, Doug. I think I think people are gonna get a lot out of this episode. And they're going to be a lot better in September because of it. Yeah, I think I think I'll probably you know have swayed a lot of people into using this elk flute. Yeah, I mean you know, the flute. You know, oh, it it gets a bad rap, but that's just for people that can't do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes a lot of talent and a lot of practice to make this thing rip like this thing. Listen to this. Yeah, I mean, look. it sounds just like a bull elk. You just whistle them in with this thing. Ah, dang my. Stinking thing starting to tear out. I've been blowing this thing so hard. Yeah. It just, it yeah, they blew it in right out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, hold uh, yeah, Okay. <laughs> Dang, that sounds pretty good, Doug. Yeah, well, I ain't yeah. no slouch. Damn. I'll tell you what. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. you ain't no slouch. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Oh, kick, shoot. Kick the tires and light the fires. Let's go elk hunting, boys. <laughs> All right. I can, thanks for coming on, Doug. Yeah, my pleasure. That was a lot of fun, and I appreciate absolutely. it. And we could do this again, right? Absolutely. You'll give us like a postseason update after your hunting season this oh, year. Oh, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, I'm looking I, forward I to it. I don't want to brag or nothing, but I'll, I'll, I'll share some you know, thoughts of that. Okay, good. All right, sounds good. Okay. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Your support and listenership is what makes this show possible. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or on our Facebook page and share it with somebody else who you think would like the show too. And as always, come see us at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Western Huntsman. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain.